Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the work of the ministry in the last days and the sealing of God's people and their forehead, the servants of God and obedience unto righteousness. Not little children, certainly not newborn babes, but the ones that have grown up into him in all things, and that is all things of faith. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. And the revelation of Jesus Christ God gave to him to showing to his servants things. That's faith that was once delivered to the saints. These things that must shortly come to pass that signified it by his angel unto John. John is Jehovah favored. And we find that John the Baptist foreran Jesus' first coming. It is fitting that John will forerun Jesus' second coming. A messenger there in the wilderness preparing the way for the Lord Jesus Christ unto perfection. We know in Acts 3, 20 and 21 that the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution, the restoration of all things. The restoration of all things is all truth because space is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. So we're talking about the body of Christ that's earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints is the faith that was once delivered to the saints, which is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Now, in Revelation 19.10, John sees a man and he knows it's the Lord Jesus Christ. It has the same nature, has the same character. It looks like Jesus. It walks like Jesus, talks like Jesus. (laughs) It is... Christ manifests in and through the body of Christ. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, which is of God. That is Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that the Holy Ghost is come in the flesh, is a present in perfect tense, that he's still coming in the flesh, that is, in the body of Christ. That's First John 4, verse 1 through 4. That is the only way to try the spirits in the latter days, in the last days, because many false prophets are entered into the world. Not some. Many false prophets are entered into the world. They're seducing spirits and doctors of devils. They are the ones that will cause some in the last days to depart from the faith. We see that in 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. So we have to be circumspect, circumspect, diligently seeking the Lord our God for the truth. And the ones that do will be sealed. But it's through obedience that we obtain it. The Holy Ghost is given to them that that obey him. We find that in Romans 6, it is imperative that we understand that obedience is required. Because it said, Whosoever you yield your members, the servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death, even though you have the Holy Ghost, it's still carnally minded. To be carnally minded is death. Carnally minded is this is where we do not obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. When Paul talked to the church at Corinth, he said, there's divisions among you, envy, strife, strife, hate, malice. Are you still not yet carnal? Well, they had the Holy Ghost. They had the Spirit of God in them. But because they were not crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lusts in sanctification, he still called them carnal. And to be carnally minded is death. This be to be spiritually minded is life and peace in the Holy Ghost. We must walk in the law of the spirit of life. 
in order not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so is the battle going on. The flesh against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And whosoever we yield our members, the servants to obey him, or the servants to whom we obey, and through the body of Christ, that should be obedience unto righteousness, coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. So we see there in the living creatures, they are the living creatures before the throne of God. In Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, we have seen that the trumpet called, for God will do nothing save he show it unto his servants, the prophets, and the prophets in the last days is the body of Christ. We know that because Hebrews 1 verse 1 says, God, and in sundry times and divers manners, spake unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son. That is the body of Christ. The in and through the body of Christ, whom he's appointed heir of all things. Though the mystery of godliness, that God life is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have the trumpet call that Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, hear my voice, open the door. We have to hear the voice of God in order to obey it. Hear my voice and open the door. I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. Therefore, the trumpet is the voice of Jesus. It's a ministry voice of the Lord Jesus leading his body into all perfection to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. For whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Those that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, them he also glorified. To what level? To glorified, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, not something less. The biggest problem that we have in for the body of Christ to come out of Pentecost into the true revelation, present revelation, proceeding word that he's now doing in present truth in tabernacles. In Pentecost, we saw through a glass darkly, the glass being the face of Jesus. Now, we see in 2 Corinthians 3 that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earth and vessel that the excellency of the fire might be of God and not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. It reveals that Jesus is the Father of glory. He's that spirit. He is Elohim. He's El Shaddai. He's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. The Son of God is the Father revealed. The Son of Man is the kingdom office. Just as Jesus said, if I put the finger of God, cast out devils, know you, the kingdom of God's come down to you. He did not say, <clears throat> if I were the finger of the Son of God, because the Son of God is God manifest. So he rightly said, if I were the finger of God, cast out devils, know you, the kingdom of God's come down to you. The kingdom office is the Son of Man, which is an everlasting kingdom and a dominion in which there will be no end. That Son of Man is the final state in the order of the saints. The first order there in 1 Corinthians 15 is Christ the first fruits. After that, 
those that are after Christ Jesus, every man in his own order, in his own battle progression. We find that Jesus, after his resurrection, went and rose many of the dead saints from the grave in Sechem there, close to Jerusalem, where Jesus was resurrected. Then he went to those graves, and many of those dead saints he rose from the grave. We find that in Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that he rose from the grave. And they walked through the streets of Jerusalem, showing themselves alive. Well, remember Joseph, after he died in Egypt, said, Be sure and carry my bones out of Egypt. Why did he do that? Be gathered to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph and buried there. So he was in that number that was resurrected from the dead. And Jesus did that to prove that he is the resurrection of the life. Every miracle that Jesus did proved that he is the resurrection, that he is the life, that he is God, that he is the resurrection. And we have eight miracles listed in the book of John, the gospel according to John. And eight is the number of new beginnings. But John himself testified that if they had listed every miracle that Jesus did in a book, he said, I suppose the very world itself could not, could not contain all the books and the miracles that Jesus did. He did that many miracles. And it's proved that he is the resurrection of life. He did that with Mary and Martha. Man came there, and after four days, he waited until the fourth day that Lazarus is dead. He said he sleepeth, and he says very plainly, Lazarus is dead. And he waited till the fourth day. And they said, uh, uh, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. He says, though a man were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Though a man were dead, yet shall he live. And uh, Martha and Mary, they didn't know what to say to that. Uh, I said, Lord, I know that whatsoever you ask the Father, whatever you ask God to do, he'll do it. And Jesus said, uh, at that, that he is the resurrection and the life. Though a man were dead, yet shall he live. Speaking of the resurrection. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. Proving that he is the resurrection and the life. That he is that spirit of life. He is that Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the Father. He is that spirit, that eternal resurrected spirit of God, that Jesus now, the man, is that quickening, making alive spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. So many, thinking that he's a second person of the Godhead, have missed that great truth, which is uh, critical for salvation. It's an exemplary of God in his power, resurrection, glory, that Jesus Christ is that God. There is none other. Jesus stated that when the Pharisees came to him and said, Jesus, you bear record yourself. Your record's not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. And he said, I'm not alone. 
I am one that beareth record of myself and my father that sent me. He beareth record of me. Then he gives us the two witnesses. He said, it is written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness. Now he changes from record to witness. And that being the testimony, the testimony of Jesus. That will be given to the saints of the most high God. In Revelation 19.10, notice the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And there's no other way to understand and keep the sayings of the book of this prophecy except through the spirit of prophecy. And that's the reason why it's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. They keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus, which is the testimony of Jesus. They as their, uh, to Jesus, yet they only saw him as a man, not as God, not as the father of glory, just a man. And they said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. You're one alone. You're, there's not two here. Then your record is not true. So Jesus stated, it is written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness. He changes record to witness, witness of myself. That is Jesus in the days of his flesh. There's a flesh. That's one of the witnesses, the flesh. That is the temple of God, the flesh of God, God manifest in the flesh. Well, what does that have to do with us? The body of Christ. Well, now Jesus Christ is coming the flesh. And that is a present imperfect tense means he's still coming in the flesh. The tabernacle of David is still being built, which is Christ manifest in flesh. He's the Christ and we're the flesh. He's God manifest in flesh. And that is his body, his temple, which is the body of Christ. Now you're not your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. And that is very essential in understanding the work of the ministry in the latter, the last days. So Jesus said, uh, it's written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself. That's the flesh. And my father that sent me, that's the spirit. He beareth witness of me. There's the two witnesses. Not just the man alone, but God through the man. That's the reason Jesus said, if I had not done the miracles that I did, because the miracles that he did was not of his own. He said, of my own self, I can do nothing. But my father that dwelleth in me houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. He's the one that's healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosing the dumb and the lame, walking the captive, going free. He's the one doing it. Then he said, blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me, the man Christ Jesus, who is the father revealed. We've missed that. And because we have God is through the chastening rod in judgment, moving on the world, the people in the world to return back to the Lord God almighty, not to destroy us with famine, plus the sword and noise and beast, the four, four sword judgments of God but that 
we would return to the real Jesus and behold the real Jesus, giving him, the man, the glory of the Father, that he is the Father revealed, and give him the glory due to his name. Jehovah is salvation. Jesus There's not another. He is the only true God in eternal life. He's the Lord, our Savior, God, our Redeemer, a Holy One of Israel. No such thing as the Holy Trinity. So the work of God in the last days and the work of the ministry will be a strange work. Bringing to pass this act is strange act. And he'll do this with judgment to the line and righteousness to the plummet. This is excellent in counsel, wonderful in working, Isaiah 28. It's not the wrath of God because bread corn is bruised. It's beaten out with a rod and a staff. That's us. We will have the chastening rod of God to bring us unto perfection. There, the chastening rod, so that we will not be condemned with the world, but come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect, blameless, spotless church, the body of Christ. That's the work of the ministry. That's the work that he's doing in the last days. This work has surprised the hypocrite. They thought there was nothing else to it. They didn't know there was more to come. So this overflowing scourge, hath, hath, it's, it's overcome. This flood has literally overcome the hiding place. A man cannot hide himself. All will be revealed. It surprised the hypocrite. They had no idea this was coming. But the people that know their God, the wise shall understand these things. The wicked cannot. But the wise will understand that the two witnesses in Revelation 11 is the body of Christ, number one, but not them alone, but with and through the eternal spirit of God, Jesus Christ. That's your two witnesses. And that two witnesses is in the not only redemption miracles of Jesus, where you heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the tongue, the tongue, and the lame walk, the to go free. Redemption miracles. Wonderful. We will do that. But there will also be a new thing. That the judgment miracles of Moses will be manifest. Because that was not Moses doing those miracles. It was Christ in Moses doing the miracles. Jesus, the Lord of glory. Through the power of God and destroying every god of Egypt through the judgments of God. So the judgments there in that we saw in Moses where God shook the earth back then. Mount Sinai literally burned with fire as God uh, descended upon the mountain. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. The people of God said, Moses, you hear from God and you can tell it to us lest we die. And anyone that broke through and touched the mountain was thrust through with a dart. Though trumpet sound was so loud and became crescending uh, louder and louder in, uh, as the trumpet blasted. The shofar, not the silver trumpets, not the trumpets that gathered the body of Christ. It was a shofar. The silver trumpets are to gather the people of God, the congregation together. The silver trumpets are blowing now for those that have an ear to hear.
but it's getting us prepared for the shofar. It's getting us prepared for the work of the ministry, the shofar, where God hath promised he will not shake the earth only, as he did with Moses, but also heaven itself will be shaken. And when this happens, the Lord hath promised yet once more, he shakes not only the earth, but also heaven. It's a new thing, never been done before, that all that may be shaken, that can be shaken, that cannot walk in the light as he's in the light because of disobedience, of unrighteousness, having loved that, loved that, and not seeking out the true word of God, the true Jesus, the real Jesus, will be destroyed, will be removed. You can see that in Hebrews 12. That's a strange work. It's a powerful work. It's a work of the ministry. The Lord hath promised yet once more. He shakes not only the earth. Look at what he did. It was their Pentecost on Sinai. 50 days later, seven Sabbaths sent out on the morrow after first fruits. They found themselves at Sinai. Moses made several trips up the mountain, then down. Uh, they're ascending the mountain, descending, coming back down. Received the Decalogue, and they wrote the Torah, uh, the Pentateuch, and that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And that was put in the book of that law, the Decalogue, the tables of stone inside the Ark of the Covenant. And then in the side of it was placed the law. But the giving of the reading and the understanding of it was not in Passover, was not in Pentecost, only in the season of tabernacles. Not Pentecostals, but tabernacleists. The people of God that are falling on to know him and walking in the light as he's in the light in this present season and the preceding word of God. And to have that revelation in present truth that God is not doing just that what he did in to bring his people out of Egypt. And what a mighty work it was. The wonders and miracles that he did. Carrying them all the way through the wilderness. But he shook the earth at that time. The mountain quaked. Burned with fire. And the trumpet sounded. The shofar sounded. And it got louder and louder. Crescendo. And as it become louder and louder. There all the people heard and knew the voice of God. They trembled at it. Even Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. What a wonderful work. But what he's going to do in the last days will be far, far, far greater. Because he said, no more will the people. Now all say, blessed be the Lord that brought his people out of the land of Egypt. That won't even come into mind because of the great work that he will do in the last days, the work of the ministry, the strange work that he will do and bring to pass his strange act, this judgment to the lion, righteousness to the plummet. That surprised the hypocrite, had no idea of the work of the ministry. And it surprised them to the point that God said, it surprised the hypocrite, it's overflowed the hiding place. Your covenant with death and hell has been uh, 
uh, literally destroyed. God is manifest in and through the body of Christ. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. He is manifest in and through the body of Christ, the temple, the tabernacle, that the body of Christ is in truth in the real Jesus in the proceeding word of God, carrying out his will in obedience unto righteousness. That being revealed in the last days. Oh, that they were wise, that they were wise, that they would consider or know their latter end to the law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and to the testimony, the testimony of Jesus. If any speak not according to this word, Isaiah 8, it is because there is no light in them. Not some light, no light. You either in the present truth or you're not. You're either saved or you're not. You're either going on to the measure of the statue of Jesus or you turn back. And anyone that puts his hand to the plow and looketh back is not fit for the kingdom of God. We're saying that you have to walk in the light in present truth in order to obtain this righteousness for the sealing of God in Revelation 7 or we get literally cast out. Now that I know that's, that's a hard word. Jesus had some hard sayings. And the 70 left them because this is a hard saying. Except you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. You have no life. It's a, we can't do this. It's a hard saying. Well, they missed the mark. And there, and they looked at the 12 and said, will you leave also? Peter said, only you have the words of eternal life. Where shall we go? We've looked at every other place. Only you have it. We know that you're the eternal life. You have the words of it. The words that you speak are not yours, the Father dwelling in you. He's the one doing the works. We believe it. We know that you are the Messiah, that you are not just that suffering Messiah, Amashiach ben Yosef. You are that eternal Messiah. You are Hamashiach ben David. You're it. We will not go anywhere else. And they seal their testimony with their own blood. And in Hebrews 12, this work, which is a strange work. No doubt it is. It will shake the very core of the belief, ideology, and the faith system of the church. It will try our faith as by fire, but it will come forth as pure, pure gold in the glory of God, glorifying our Father, Lord Jesus in heaven. He said there that the Lord had promised yet once more. He shakes not only the earth, and what a time it was. And no more will they say, Blessed be the Lord God, which brought up his people out of the land of Egypt. That was a wonderful time, and Moses, a great deliverance wrought. But yea, rather, blessed be the Lord God that brought up his people out of the land of the north, south, east, and west, whithersoever he had driven them. We will be driven, the holy people, into all the world and all the earth, and after it's accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, then all these things will be finished. Daniel 12. The wise shall understand this. In the former reign, there abode at Jerusalem only the apostles. For all the saints of God were scattered abroad. They went everywhere, teaching and preaching the kingdom of God. It is noted, those that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. Well, it's going to be a greater work than that. Greater than the book of Acts. The former reign was a move of God. 
powerful move of the Holy Ghost through the body of Christ. Bore great witness for the Lord Jesus. But that was a moderate rain. Now he's going to cause to come down the last great rain of his strength, the latter rain, that we are to ask the Lord God rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord will make bright clouds send forth showers to everyone, grass in the field. It's a latter growth after the king's mowings and the seven. He's mowing it down now. We're seeing, we're seeing earthquakes. We're seeing uh, these the plagues. We're seeing COVID-19. We're, we're seeing all these Ebola, HIV, and there's more to come. And we, as we see these things, it is a sign of the time that the Lord is doing a great work, not to destroy mankind, but to save them, to get them to turn back to the living God, to the real Jesus. We've messed the mark. We've hewed out a Trinity doctrine when there is not one. But he wants us to come on into the truth. Why? Because the path of the justice is a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. And we all, there as we grow in faith and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we understand who he is. We understand that mystery that is now being revealed. That the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ that are in him, Jesus Christ, are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That is now what was being hid. Jesus said, I'll no more speak to you in Proverbs. John 16, I'll show you plainly of the Father. It's not going to be hidden. I'm going to show you plainly the Father times now. For those that have an ear to hear, that God made himself of no reputation to become a man. He humbled himself and under the law, fulfilled the law, took the ordinance of the law, nailed it to his cross, and went back to his former glory, breaking down the middle wall of partition, thereby, thereby making peace and one new man. Jesus Christ has now been made a quickening spirit. He's the spirit that we receive now, the spirit of the Son of God into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 6. Well, that work in the last days, he's promised it. If God's promised it, he will do it. Though it bear long, wait for it, it will happen. And what is it? Very simply, the Lord had promised. Yet once more, he shakes not only the earth like he did in the days of Moses, a wonderful time of deliverance in Egypt, giving them the Ten Commandments. They had manna, Aaron's rod that budded. This was put into the Ark of uh, the Covenant, the testimony of Jesus. But now in the last days, that hidden manna has now been eaten by the body of Christ. Things that were hid in the Ark of the Testament, the Ark of the Covenant, are now revealed. That's the reason why you see there in Solomon's temple that there in the Ark of the Covenant, the testimony of Jesus, there was only the tables of stone because he did not do away with the law. He fulfilled it. But where is the hidden manna? It's been eaten by the body of Christ to be revealed in the last day. And we find that in Revelation 2, in the the church, the him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna, Pergamos. I give you to eat the hidden manna. 
the one that was in that, that ark of the covenant, the testimony. I'll give you to eat that hidden manna. You're going to receive a white stone with a new name written inside it that only he knows that receives it. That means the oil for your lamp is for you to do the will of God in your particular call in the body of Christ. You can't give it to someone else. The 10 virgins, five wise, five foolish. Well, they all had oil for the lamp. The, the foolish ones did not have enough oil. They didn't go on to seek God in present truth. And when the bridegroom cometh, there was a call. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Well, they went out to meet him. All of them did, all 10. But they trimmed the lamp. All of them trimmed their lamp and lit their, uh, their lamp. And when they did, the five foolish virgins' lamp went out, for they had not enough oil. The oil is the oil of truth. The fire is the Holy Ghost that lights it. The Holy Ghost cannot light anything in your lamp, in your spirit. That's not there. It has to be there. The oil of truth, you have to seek God for it. And the old saying is, as one preacher said, get all you can and can all you get because you're going to need every bit of it. That's how serious it is. How essential it is. Somebody's for salvation? Of course, for salvation. He's not just telling us things to do for no reason. I fill up a page in a book. I make the Bible a big, long book. No, it's for edification. It's through these precious uh, promises given to us, whereby we escape the corruption world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature. And we're given that uh, uh, take heed and admonish it from Paul in Hebrews 4, take heed to yourselves, lest one singular promise slip any of you, any of us, that which we should seem to come short of entering into his rest. We have to enter into his rest. That's the eternal sabbatico. That's eternity. We cease from our own uh, labors. We are entering into the rest of God, ceasing from our own labors, trusting in him alone. Well, that work in the last days of the living creatures, the zoe, will carry this out. Not in partial truth, partial knowledge, in part, because now we see through that glass, now openly, not darkly, not in part or partial, not in the sweet by and by where it'll be revealed, but now we see that in 2 Corinthians 3. We all with open face. The glory is always in the face. We all with open face beholding us in a glass, not darkly now, but we're seeing the glory of the Lord. We all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Not, not anything less than that. Or changed into the same image. So don't let anybody tell you that you're not going into perfection to the measure of the statue of Jesus because you are beholding him in the perfect law of liberty. Changed into the same image of Jesus Christ. Not part truth. Not seeing through a glass darkly. That was Pentecost. We're in a different season. We're in a tabernacle season where God will manifest himself through the body of Christ, the temple of God, the tabernacle that we are, the temple of the Holy Ghost. His very name will be revealed. 
His power, His glory, His kingdom will be revealed in through the body of Christ there in the last days in the full measure of Jesus Christ. At full measure is Jesus doing the redemption miracles will do the same. Judgment miracles of Moses, the body of Christ will do the same. And the and miracles of Elijah, which are restoration miracles, restitution, to restore all things. It's all things of faith. We will do those miracles and restoration miracles of Elijah. For we are called John. And we see that in Revelation 10. You see John. We have the door open in heaven to John, which is the body of Christ, to show unto us things that will shortly come to pass. John's the uh, well-favored, the disciple, which speaks of the body of Christ in one mind, one accord in the last days. We find that trumpet, that same trumpet that we find of the Lord gathering the people together, that Jesus there is that trumpet voice in Revelation 4.1. It was a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with John saying, come up hither, not a rapture, but a revelation. And I will show you things, things of faith that will come to pass hereafter. Well, John in Revelation 10 goes on and tells us. He saw the seven thunders uttered their voices. Seven thunders. Uh, there's the lightning, which is revelation of the word. Thunderings uh, is the understanding of that word, the hearing, the understanding of it. And the seven thunders uttered their voices. And John went, ah, oh. uh, and he was about to write, write it not. Then there was a little book, a Bibliotheum, the little book, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the last book in your Bible. And it was in the angel's hand. He said, take the little book out of the angel's hand and eat you all of it. Not part of it, because this is the revelation of Jesus and the faith that was once delivered to the saints, which is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, so that you may know these things, all truth, all things, uh, that we grow up into Jesus in all things, all truth, that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Then we're vessels meet for the master's use and the work of the ministry that God will use in and through the body of Christ and reveal it in the last days. There, no man's going to give it to you. The kingdom of God suffers violence, the violent take it by force. The law and the prophets were unto John since that time. Men pressed their way into it, pressing toward the mark for the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As many as be perfect, be thus minded. Somebody said, you can't be perfect. Well, then you're not seeking God. You're not pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus because Paul said, as many as are perfect, be thus minded. That's your mind you have. Knowing there's more, pressing toward it to get it, the perfect revelation, truth of Jesus Christ. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this unto you. Paul said it, Church of Philippi. He said, I will, I'm not perfect yet. Neither have I attained, but I'm reaching to those things which are before. 
forgetting those things which are behind. I'm trying to apprehend that. This is that, the Spirit of God. I'm trying to apprehend that of which I've apprehended of Christ Jesus. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the mind of God. That's the heart of God. David was seeking a man after God's own heart. There it is. And, uh, and whenever John takes that book, he takes it and eats all of it, not part of it, all of it. That is not partial truth. That's into all truth. It's given to us to know all things and know all truth and no lies of the truth. It's a revelation of Christ. Then it tells us who the liar is. That's 1 John 2, 20 through 22. Who's the liar? But he that denied that Jesus is the Christ. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is the Father. Christ is El Shaddai, Elohim. He is uh, the Tetragrammaton. He's the Loft through the Tav. He is the Jehovah, Lord God Almighty. He is the Holy One. There is not another. And God's getting us into that revelation. Even though we've erred, there's grace, and he's begging us to come into the true, real Jesus that he's doing right now with thousands coming out of false doctrine of Trinity into the true Jesus-only doctrine. Not a Trinity doctrine, not a binary, a two lords, and not a oneness doctrine where the man's not God. A true Jesus-only doctrine of Christ. And they're receiving it. We're seeing and not only hundreds, but thousands in Africa and India, especially embracing the word. We're seeing so many in the podcast in America, England, uh, Ireland, even, uh, even some in China. Thank God that are coming into the true one God revelation. This is not done in a corner. God's word is for all the spirit of God revealing himself in and to the body of Christ. It is profound. Somebody says, well, I can't believe that because, you know, no, you have to stand for truth. You deny him, he'll deny you. You confess him before men, he'll confess you before the father. What does that mean? He is God. That's a manifestation of Jesus. God manifests in the flesh. Well, he's going to do this great work in the last days. And John took that book, ate all of it. He was sweet to his mouth as honey. Revelation. And it was bitter to his belly. There's a suffering. It's going to come right along with it. But notice, John, you are to again prophesy, preach, proclamate, promulgate this word, proclaim it. And to all nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. Not John coming down and preaching again, but the body of Christ in that spirit of Elijah, which was John the Baptist before Jesus' first coming, now also John, the revelator, the body of Christ, before Jesus' second coming, when he comes a second time without sin and salvation for the salvation of his saints. There you have it. That's a work. Now, it goes into a lot of depth, yes, but we are being prepared for it now for those that have an ear to hear. Don't be scared to walk out into the deep water because that's where we have to find the rock. We dig deep. The deep calleth into the deep. And he answers by the water spouts. 
the whirlwind of the waters of truth. That's how he answered. And that, and when you find that wise man, he digs deep and found a rock, that true Christ. But you got to dig deep. It's not on the surface. On the surface, it appears that there's, there is a trinity. <laughs> it appears. It appears that there's two. Well, how the Lord said to my Lord, set thou to my right hand and make that name thy footstool. Well, it comes down to the people will be willing in these last days. And at that time, when John, in the spirit of Elijah, will forerun Jesus' second coming and the last great reign of his strength, the latter reign, which is the, in the third day. He will raise us up. We'll live in his sight. That's far greater than Pentecost. Pentecost just saw through a glass darkly. We're seeing, seeing that glass clearly for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, being changed to the very same image, 2 Corinthians 3. So it's given us to know all these things. This is the season we're in. We have to be obedient unto righteousness. Well, who is that John? You are the body of Christ. Because John, you must again prophesy, preach, proclamate, publish his word to all nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. That is the John. That's what's going on in the body of Christ now for those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is doing, what Jesus is doing, what the Lord is doing through his church. And those that do are moving out into a unified unity of the faith and a unified body of Christ, a corporate body coming into one, not a denomination. Denomination will try to kill it. They always do because it's man-made. And we come right back to Hebrews 12. For the Lord hath promised, yet once more, he shakes not only the earth, like he did in Sinai, delivering uh, Israel out of Egypt. Wonderful, powerful work of God. But he said, I'm not going to do yet once more. I'll shake not only the earth like I did then. I'm going to shake heaven also. The earth will be shaken too. And heaven. Why? That all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. Everything man-made doctrine will be collapsed, will be destroyed, will be shaken and removed out of the way as the blast of God's nostrils. It's just like he did in the days of Moses and the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. But that was only a shaking of the earth. But this is a new thing. He's shaking not only the earth, also heaven. A new thing the Lord will do. Oh, let's hear it. Let's move into it. God's doing it now. He's preparing the body of Christ. The silver trumpets are going out for the gathering of the saints. Soon the shofar will sound. That's the actual event. We want to make sure that we're hearing the silver trumpets and the journeys of it and the gathering of the body of Christ together right now. We want to make sure we hear those silver trumpets and move on it. Don't just sit back and say, well, one of these days we will. If we don't move on, move on it now. If Noah hadn't moved by faith in building that ark, it would have never been prepared. If we don't move now in receiving this word and coming together, not with just lip suffers, but the one mind, one accord in the unity of the faith, in the heart, then we're going to mess God. 
We don't want to do that. So he said, Hebrews 12, that all that can be shaken, he's going to shake the earth and heaven, that all that, everything that's man-made will be removed so that those things that cannot be shaken, the things, the true things of faith, grounded in and established in the doctrine of Christ, the work of the ministry, not just knowing him, but his work as well, will not be shaken, cannot be shaken. They will not be shaken. Think that we are trees planted by the waters that cannot be moved. Seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, hallelujah to God, whereby where we can worship God. Let us have grace whereby we may worship God with reverence and, and, and truth. Why? Because our God is a consuming fire. This consuming fire will consume everything that is man-made. Only the true doctrine of Christ in heaven and earth is melting with fervent heat. Only the word of God will stand and all those in it will stand in the Lord Jesus Christ. Seeing then that we have a kingdom of God that cannot be removed, let us have grace whereby we may serve God, be a servant of God with reverence and godly fear. We've got to serve him. It's not just something with lip service. Let us serve God and the servants of God will be sealed in their forehead. And that's where we're headed right now. Those are the living creatures. We'll get more into it in the podcast. The living creatures, the work of the ministry. We'll get into the depth of it. But right now, if it has struck a chord in your spirit, the Holy Ghost bearing witness with your spirit that this is the truth, we would like to meet you, become one with you. You can give me a call. Dennis Beard, the country code is one plus. We're in America. 903-746-4885. Leave me a message. I'll get back to you. And, or you can write. Write to me, Dennis Spirit, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. You can also message us or send a question to our websites, sailinggodspeople.org, sailinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. And here again, we want to thank you for all your prayerful support and your generous offerings, whereby we're able to keep the podcast on the air. We pray over all the offerings that you send, and we thank you for it, that God will bless you 30, 60, 100 fold, that he would supply the wants, not only the needs, but the wants of the saints, and that you will be able to obtain to every good work that God has called you for. Let's get together, the Lord God bringing his body of Christ together now. We love you, praying for you. Until the next time. This is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.